you every time you leave River Church, bar none. Bar none. You may not like what was said. You may not have appreciated the air conditioner. You may not have liked what they said in Children's Church that your kid came in. But I'm telling you, you went home stronger when you came out of River Church. Gave you something to chew on, if nothing else. But you got an opportunity to be strong. Uh, a little amen right there. I don't need it, but you do. Hallelujah. First John, hallelujah. Chapter 3. We're not going to listen to the song this morning. But we're going to say it. We're going to say it together. Chapter 3, verse 1. Say it with me. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. So right there you see that we in the Bible are identified as the sons of God. We've got big identity problems in the body of Christ right now. Big identity problems. Who am I, what can I do, and what can I have? Big identity problems. But the Bible says here that we are identified as the sons of God. In Romans, it says that Jesus is now no longer the only begotten son of God, but he's the firstborn among many brethren. We're sons of God. Point yourself and say, I am a son of God. And that's the end of it right there. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Look in verse 14. We're getting strong this morning. Don't tell me, well, I already know this stuff. First of all, I already knew it, and then you've preached on it twice, and here it is. You're not strong in it yet. Knowing it doesn't make you strong. If you stand toe-to-toe with the adversary, with the enemy, with the devil, and you know some things, but you drop your weapon and run, you didn't win. So we have to put this stuff in us, and we have to go over and over it until we are strong in it, until the devil says, I give up, I, I surrender. It says in chapter 8, look in verse 14, it says, For as many as are led, guided, directed, induced by the Spirit of God, they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. I am a son of God. I'm not the Son of God. We're not, we're not we're preaching something weird. We're not, we're not Jesus, but we're made in the image of him. And so we are, in a sense, in the sense of the, the, the family, we are sons of God, just like Jesus is. Not just like, but in the same pattern, in the same mold, in the same endowment, in the same place of the family. He's the firstborn. But we are born just like he was. Amen. In the sense of of our position says in verse 15, for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. What does that mean? Whereby we cry, Abba, Father, we are sons so we can say daddy. In the Old Testament, they weren't sons. They were servants. You're not a servant anymore. You are a son who serves, but you are not a servant. So change your identity. Change your name tag. You're not a servant. Servants are limited. They serve at the family banquet, but they don't eat at the family banquet. They clean up after it, but they don't eat there. We are served. We are sons that serve. You can choose not to serve, but you're still a son. Amen. And it says that we say, Abba, Father, Daddy, Papa. 
the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So there's three verses right there that affirm we are sons of God. And if children, here's number four, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So there's a suffering, there's an identity, a changing of identity where we suffer to put off who we'd like to be in the world and put on the identity, I am a son of God. There's a suffering in that. There's a suffering in being identified with him. There's great glory, but there's a suffering first. Jesus is Lord. And in order to make him Lord, we had to put somebody off the throne of our life. It's called getting born again where you get dethroned and he gets enthroned. Lots of people want to be on the throne and be born again, too. They want them on the throne, be in control, be the boss, do it their way, do it how they want to do it, but still go to heaven and be in the family. You got to get off the throne, and to do that, you got you you to whoop who's ever on the throne, which is you and me, and you got to say, enough of you. We don't like how it's been going. We're going to put Jesus on the throne. So there's a suffering. Is, is Am I right? A suffering to stay in our place, to stay identified. I am a child of God. I am not my own. He is the boss. I am submitting myself to him. Verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time in the flesh are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Revealed, glory revealed, glory shown forth. Here it is, verse 19, for the earnest expectation, what we're looking for, what's being expected of the creation, that's that word creatures, really creation, waiteth for the manifestation, the appearing, the revelation of the sons of God. So we see right here in the word that nothing's going to work right. Not just because Jesus is in, in the right hand of the Father. Nothing on earth is going to work right until we get ourselves in the right place. Till you command the tornado, tornado, lift up and go around. Till you and I tell uh, polio, you cannot come into our city. Till we speak to our children, diseases that have attacked our children, A-D-D, yeah, and say, no, no. No, this family is bought with a price. We're not putting up with that mess. And then, and, and, and the, the creation is waiting for you and I to say, no ADD, none of that. It's got to go. It's waiting. Well, God's in control. He's not in control of that. He gave you and I control. When there's a, pl- when there's a, a jet that takes off, there's a pilot and a co-pilot. And one of them's in control all the time. And you've seen the movies. The pilot gets up and says, I got to go back, you know. And he says, and he says, I transfer control to you. And at that point, the co-pilot becomes the pilot. And so when the captain's back there in the bathroom or whatever he's doing back there in the back, you can't say the captain's in control. He's locked in the bathroom trying to get out. And, you know, and here's this jet. So here we are. We're... We're the sons of God, and we are in control. Uh, the literal, the young, young, young says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory about to be revealed, what? In us. For the earnest expectation of the creation 
doth expect the revelation of the sons of God. So right here we see that it's possible to be somebody and not be revealed. We are sons of God, but it's not revealed until we are revealed. Well, how do we get revealed? We put on the Lord Christ. We put him on and we become who we are instead of who we feel like. Until, in, instead of what they told us. Until how it looks. We have to put it on. And there's a suffering in that in saying, ah, devils are afraid of me. There's a suffering in that. People will mock you and say, what? When you tell them, if you'll bring the, your, your friend, you'll bring your baby to the healing center in the name of Jesus, we'll, we'll, we will take care of that. They mock you. I've asked two people with, uh, with a, uh, Parkinson's disease, two people, and they're coming. But they both said, we'll be there that day. And they were no-shows. And I've, I've heard it from all over, people that says, oh, this, there's no hope for me. There's no hope for my baby. This, this is, there's, and I say, listen, let us come. L come and let us pray. There we, we guarantee there'll be change. And it's like, what, you, you ran out of Pepsi-Cola and you just had to go to the grocery store so you, did, you missed? What is, what is so important? So people don't know who we are because we haven't known who we are. We got to put this on. We got to suffer for this glory. Suffer in the identity, not suffer in, in our bodies. So we don't know who we are because we've been taught. We've been taught. I was taught in a so and so church for all those years. I was taught that I was condemned. Didn't know if I was born again or not. Didn't know. Didn't know. We had a man come into our healing center that had been born again for 50 years. And on the thing, checked it, you know, are you born again? And, and, you know, he circled, don't know. Not sure. It's like, what? What? 50 years a Christian? Don't know? I was under that atmosphere. Were you under that atmosphere at any time? And you talk to people all the time, and they're, they're told that they're just uh, old sinners saved by grace, so they have a tag on them. Kick me, I'm a sinner. Um, I was taught, big devil, little God, be afraid of the devil. Don't trust God because he can't. All he can do, all God has enough power to do, they was teaching, is to smack you if you don't do right. He did have power to... Knock you around a little bit and put some sickness on your kids. Um, they, they're, they're still saying, we don't, you never know what God's going to do. Liar, liar, pants on fire. His word says exactly what he's going to do. And they have no confidence about the new birth. It's kind of like, I'm born again this week, but last week I was going through a rough patch, and I don't know if I was saved last week or not. I'm glad the Lord didn't come for me then. They don't know. And so they certainly don't have any power that's attached to the new birth. But I say that we put on the new, new identity of the Son of God. We are sons of God. We have a swagger about us as sons. When you, when, when you don't know if you can go in the house or not, you don't know if you can go into Father's house. You know, you go to your neighbor's, when you're little, you go to your neighbor's house because your friend lives there. And you kind of hesitate whether he went in, but you don't know if you can go in. You don't know if his mother's going to, you know, yell at you if you go in just because he went in. And so you wait for permission. Yeah, yeah, come on in, Johnny. Just come on in. You're in. But until then, you kind of stand at the door. That's the way we've been in Father's house. It's like we don't really have, know if we have permission to go in or not. The 
The Bible says that we have access into the very throne room of God by the blood of Jesus. But you got to know that. We're sons. Say, I am. We are sons. Praise God. So uh, uh, most Christians with their identity crisis, and this is what we're all uh, moving from, uh, they've taken that tag as a Christian, and that tag is a benign default. In other words, when you think of a Christian in America, you think of an American, because Americans are all Christians, according to the general Christian definition Almost all Americans are Christian because, after all, we're the land of the free and, you know, one land, one, one nation under God. So we're all Christians, but that's not true. It, there's a default of, uh, of being a good person. You, you talk to people and say, are you going to heaven? Well, I've been pretty good, so yeah, probably am. And that's their identity as a, as, as a Christian. Or, or they say, uh, I, I'm a Christian because I believe in God. Y'all know any people that say they're Christians because they just believe in God? That's not enough, is it? Um, I say we throw off the Christian tag. I say you and I just cannot identify as being Christian anymore. Of course, obviously, that's a default that's in us, but it's not enough to be known as a Christian. It's just too low of a bar to say, I'm a Christian. You get lumped in with just a bunch of nothing. You get tagged as just practically being uh, somebody that you don't even want, nobody wants to be around. Yeah, I know you Christians. I, I was cheated by one. I was run over by one. I was, I say we become a new tag, disciples. I'm a disciple. I am a Christian, of course, but I'm a disciple. I'm a son that's kind of freaky to some people, but I am a disciple. That's a level up. I, I'm going to put on a new identity. I am a disciple. And that way, it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for 58 years or if you got it last Tuesday. A disciple is the same, and it means someone that's always learning, always under someone that is greater, and that would describe you and me. Um, I'm a disciple. I'm a son of God. That's who I am, but I'm a disciple to everybody else. That's my tag now. Of course, you, you know, we're Christian, and you, you got to go there. But I, I, I say we got to put off what, what Lawrence was talking about, the curse of the broken law. Galatians talks about we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, but literally what that means is we've been redeemed from the curse of the broken law. The law was not evil. It was just that when you broke the law, and everybody does, you took on the curse. If you couldn't keep the whole law, you were cursed to endure the curse of that law. So we change. We put off the curse of the broken law. Matthew 6.33 says what? Seek ye first the what? The kingdom of God. So one thing we're going to change, I'm going to change is we're going to put, we're going to believe the word of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and what will happen? All these things shall be added unto you. How many of y'all can believe that? No, raise your hand. Raise, we, we believe that. Okay, let, let's change some things then. We're, we're a new kind of Christian. Actually, we're just Christians. 
but they've so watered down the definition and the culture of it that we have to redefine ourselves and put on a new thing. Let's start changing how we, let's throw off the, the curse of poverty. Let's throw off the curse of poverty. Let's buy, the Bible says in Ephesians, redeem the time. Let's start, and, and, and Isaiah talks about buying time. Let's buy time. Let's quit doing what I did a long time ago. Let's quit, and I hope you don't do this, but Jennifer, you don't change your own oil in your car, do you? Okay, I'll preach to you then. Hallelujah. Let's, let's, be, let's be seekers first of the kingdom of God and all these things. Let's start hiring our oil changed. You go, well, I like to change my oil. No, you don't. You don't like ruining your shirt, messing up the driveway, burning your hand, and, and rounding off the, 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 the nut that holds the, because I did that several times too, and you have to, let's just hire some things done. I'm not saying you got to hire your house clean. I'm not saying you got to go, you can't wash your car. But if you're not taking care of being a disciple because you're covered up, you're just choked with the affairs of life, let's be rich Christians. Let's be those that seek after first the kingdom of God, and let's hire some stuff done. Let's hire it done. If you need it done, hire it done. Now, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm the pastor, but I'm, I'm telling you this is what the Holy Ghost is telling me. Let's shift, because when are you going to shift? You, you're, when you get more money? No, you'll just get more responsibility. I know all about that. I just moved recently just to do this very thing, to cut that stuff off so I could be a better disciple. I wasn't a very good disciple. I was a great Christian by any standard. But I wasn't that good of a disciple because I was doing the affairs of life. And I've, I'm after it now. I'm, I'm, I'm straight up. So I'm starting to buy time. That'll translate to everybody different. I couldn't tell you what to do. I could tell you what I've done, what Debbie's done, and, but we're just on a journey right now of cutting off things that take our life for worldly things. People are the main event. If you had not got time for people, you're stuck. It's wrong. If, you're, you're, if you don't have time for people because you're taking care of your stuff, then you're just taking care of you, and uh, you're not a real disciple. <laughs> Mark 16, 17 says, These signs shall follow them that believe. Now, we're, we're putting off the curse, the culture of the broken law. So we're going to start stepping out because these signs follow them that believe. I am one of them that believe. So it's not enough to just declare I'm a believer. You believers that believe do things that believers believe. Did you get that? Real believers are believers because what they believe is what they do. Lots of people want to or they prefer to, to certain things, but you hadn't believed until you've done. I said you hadn't believed until you believe unto doing. You believe reading, uh, putting the word of God's in the most important thing in your life, but you don't do it, then you don't really believe it. I believe that we ought to worship God in spirit and truth, but you, you're, you, you're, you're, a, you're a clothesline pole in church, you know. I'm a believer. Well, you know, we, we got to loosen up. 
then we can say, this is what I believe based on this is what I do. That's dangerous. I could get stuck right there. First uh, John 4, 17 says, as he is, so are we in the world. So I've been talking about a swagger where we just talk about being sons of God and we're not uppity, we're not, uh, uh, we're not prideful, but we definitely know which house we live in and which car we drive in, in the sense of the kingdom. In other words, we're going in God's style. We're going in God's favor. Tornado's coming, it's no problem. We have a swagger about us. We will take care of that. Oh, did you see the weather channel? Oh, that's not a swagger. You may not know what to do, but you just have a swagger that says, I'm going into Father's house. I'm going into the Word. I'm going, this is good. This is good. We've got bills coming. You know, the transmission went out, and we just was barely hanging in there as it was. And now this, we have a swagger about it that says, everything's turning out amazing because I'm in Father's house. I'm a son. And us sons, you know, you know, you went to high school. All the kids of the rich guys... Drove better and dressed better and went to concerts better, everything. You, they just had a swagger about them. Lawrence, I mean, you and I didn't, we didn't have that swagger because I'm like Lawrence. I was raised military, and my dad was buying a farm, and so we had nothing, and then you know that story. But it doesn't matter. A swagger says it'll be no problem. I had a friend named Gary, and he had a black Monte Carlo. And I'm telling you, back in 1970, did he get it before? Oh, he got it right before graduation. He sure did. That was a machine. That was, I mean, he, he was just like me, though. He was no better, no smarter, no, no anything. But he had that black Monte Carlo, and he had a swagger. He didn't say word. He didn't say, look at me, I'm hot, but we all just knew. But his dad was a big farmer. He was just a big, well-to-do farmer, and I was, my dad was an Air Force guy. We are sons of the Most High. We got a swagger that says, we're taking care of this. This will be okay. Lastly, I said in, in John 14, 12, greater works, Jesus said, these works you'll do. And then he said, greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. Uh, we got to put an expectation on us. I'm, those, those two Parkinson people, they're coming. There's no help for them anywhere else. So, I mean, they, and they're going to get over there coming down here, and they're going to get over that. We're Baptist or Methodist, whatever they are. They're going to get over that stuff. It's just they couldn't get over it fast. And we're going to pray for them, and Jesus is going to step up, and he's going to take care of their situation. They may never come to church here, but that's not what we're after. We're not, it's not a, a marketing thing. For River Church. We are kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. So if we push the kingdom forward, Father's pleased, we're sons, we're in the business with him. So we have an expectation that greater works than even the Lord Jesus is recorded as doing, whatever that could be, it's in our, it's in our lives, it's in our future. Amen. I, I, I got to quit here, but I'm reminded that Christians are not any more called than the people that began the American Revolution. I'm totally inspired by the sacrifices 
that these forefathers gave. Fifty-five of them signed the Constitution, but almost all of our forefathers that put themselves in that place, like Nathan Hale and, and, uh, and uh, these people, that their, their property was confiscated, their families were scattered, they were very much persecuted, um, they lost their reputation, just terrible things happened, and it wasn't even a heaven and hell issue. It wasn't even a Bible issue. It was just an American freedom, I mean, a, a, a personal freedom from tyranny and from taxation. And they just said it's worth our lives. Give me liberty or give me death is just strong. And yet we're living the fruits of that very thing. The reason America is so blessed is not because of our natural resources, our, not because of our people and the culture of the melting pot and the, and the great government. All of those things are the result of us becoming rooted in a Christian culture from the beginning. And you can see that the further we get away from that, the less blessed we are. Our resources aren't putting us ahead. Our government's not giving us a great advantage. Our melting pot is being a controversy with immigration. A Kansas military base abruptly canceled an upcoming prayer breakfast that featured retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin after complaints were lodged that Boykin is anti-Muslim and anti-gay. Military Religious Freedom Foundation, Mikey Weinstein, said that Boykin's invitation had caused great angst among soldiers at Fort Riley. We're talking about soldiers for the American Army had gone under great angst because there was a person that was invited to a prayer breakfast. This man's pants are on fire. Boykin, an original member of Delta Force, it's the highest Army designation there is, these Delta Force guys, and an executive vice president of the Family Research Council was scheduled to deliver remarks at a June 6 prayer breakfast. The MRFF launched a protest accusing the retired three-star general of being homophobic, Islamophobic, and a fundamentalist Christian extremist. He sows hatred and heinous divisiveness with his sickening screed of fundamentalist Christian supremacy, primacy, exclusivity, and triumphalism, wrote Weinstein. Weinstein. He went on to label the decorated military hero as a world-class bigot and threatened to sue unless Boykin was ejected. General Boykin told me the cancellation is just another reminder of the incredible discrimination against Christians in our armed forces. This should tell you how difficult it is for Christians and especially chaplains to live their faith out in our military. And it goes on there. So these, this, this army base commander folded. He folded. It's a, it's a prayer breakfast. Everybody knows what's going on at a prayer breakfast. Christians are going to pray or talk about prayer. And this guy threatened the commander that we're going to cause trouble, and he folded. He canceled the whole thing. And General Boykin said, this is pretty typical. The article goes on. I'm telling you, it's not far behind for all of us.
we got to get strong now. We cannot wait until they try to light a fire under us and say, well, gosh, I, I should be strong, but instead we're having to do everything they're saying because it's coming to our schools, it's coming to our culture, our society, it's coming to, uh, to building codes, it's coming to all sorts of things where persecution, for the word's sake, will be enforced in a greater level. But all this stuff can go. It does not have to come. It does not have to get a root, but it has to be turned back by people that know they are sons of God. They have to know, I know who I am, and I'm ending this right now. I am manifesting myself as a son of God, not just a Christian. Listen, Christians are wrote off in wholesale lots. I just about soon take a devouted atheist and go into contract as a nominal Christian. Because I know the atheist is going to try to, try to, to, to gouge you. And so you just prepare for it. But you could be caught off guard by a Christian. I, I say this tongue-in-cheek, of course, but I'm saying you turn your back on a Christian and you could get stabbed, but you know never to turn your back on a... On. So anyway, I'm a disciple, and I'm a son of God, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act like it, and I'm going to manifest because the creation is earnestly awaiting and expecting me to do it creation is out of whack god created the world it's his are y'all with me the world is his and it's messed up by the pollution the defilement the anarchy of the devil and it's not the devil's and it's not his crowds it's god's and his family and he gave us the power. He said, go and tend the garden. Go and keep the garden, Adam. And then after that, we're supposed to do it. So I'm keeping the garden. I'm tending the garden with who I am. I don't have to have special powers. I just have to know who I am because who I am has special powers. I have power over the devil. Do you have power over the devil this morning? Do you have power when, the, when ADD comes, they diagnose your child as that? It's like... You, you could go screaming off into the night, or you could just say, we'll just pray about that and take care of that this weekend, me and my husband. We'll just take care of that. I'll just get it, you know, I'll get somebody at the church to agree with me if we're not tough enough, and we'll just take care of that. That's what a son of God would say. Your transmission's out, ma'am. Well, it'll be no big deal. It'll be no big deal. Instead of just losing your mind and what are we going to do, what are we going to do, that's no swagger. That's not buying the time. Oh, I guess I could work part-time and try to work that out. Listen, y'all, there's way more money out there for you and me. It's been heaped up for the righteous. Heaped up. The biggest disappointment going to heaven is not going to be all the things that you could have done or should have done. It's going to be knowing what God laid up for us and put right in front of us, and the devil steered us around it, and we never got it. I'm on it. I am pulling the fire alarm. Pull in and pull out or whatever it says. I'm, I'm sounding the fire alarm. I told Pastor West last night, I called him over in Jimson, and I told him, I said, I don't know when we're going to get off of this series, The Manifest Sons of God. It's, it's who we are, and until we know who we are, why would we talk about anything else? Y'all want to talk about sin? Okay, I'm going to. Don't do it. 
Now I'm through with that. Let's go back to the manifest sons of God. <laughs> you don't have to come to church every Sunday and Wednesday to find out. Don't do it. <laughs> Enough of that. Jesus. All right. Enough of that. I had all sorts of stuff, but I'm, a, I'm coming back next week. I'm the guest speaker next week. <laughs> the pastor invited me back, so I'll be bringing you part two. Hallelujah. Stand up. I'm going to pray for you in Jesus' name. Now, we've already, we've already broken every chain this morning. So I assume if you have a hitch in your get-along, you broke that. If you're not seeing straight out of one eye, I assume you broke that. In Jesus' name, we agree today that every chain of sickness, of infirmity, of pain, everything chronic, chronic, everything chronic, say chronic, go. We say everything chronic, go. Everything chronic that stays around, that's, that, sh that the doctor says, I see a little pattern here, we call chronic out and say, go in Jesus' name. We break the chain of the curse of infirmity that's chronic, and we say, go now in Jesus' name. Sciatica nerve, we tell you, peace be still. In Jesus' name, enough of you, we tell you, nerve, settle down, be at peace. In Jesus' name, all digestive disorders, now I command you, be gone. This, we tell stomach and all digestive areas, be settled down. In Jesus' name, hiatal hernia, we speak repair to you now. Reflux, you are a past. You are a history. You are something we used to talk about. You're done this morning in Jesus' name. If you had that, say amen. Praise God. In Jesus' name, we speak to all pain now, all pain in the back, in the, in the back, in the spine area, the hips, the joints, the elbows, the shoulders, the neck. In Jesus' name, we speak to pain in our feet Joint pain in our feet, toes, and ankles. Now, in Jesus' name, be gone. We are the sons of God, and we walk above you in Jesus' name. And now we begin our new reign as identified as God's family. Now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. A buzz in the ear. We dismiss you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Say, I've had enough with you, devil. It's over today with your chains. I'm new. I'm brand new. I'm a disciple. I am a son of God. That ends it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, now, whether you feel it or not this morning... You are leaving stronger than you came. Money back guaranteed. You're leaving stronger than you came in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll all be eating at Lawrence.